school. Let's start with prayer. Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you're here, that you're among us because you want to be here. God, thank you that you use, you use us, you use our hearts, that you've captured us into this amazing relationship with you. Father, I pray that, that this evening that, that we could open your word and, and really find truth, your truth, God. Soften us with your word because we want to know you more. And Lord, teach us how to give. Amen. So, oh man, it's been a while. Um, I want to talk about giving. Giving's a lot of fun, and um, it's it's something that that's fostered. It's a habit, um, but I don't I don't want to focus on finances. It's the default, and it's the first thing that we think about. But I, I don't want to focus on finances. Um, Simply because I think we're pretty good at that. We're a little, we're a little too good to focus on that tonight, um, which is awesome. I'm so grateful that, that we know how to give financially as a, as a congregation, um, and that's, it's been such a blessing. But, but I want to dig into something that's just deeper than that. It's comfortable. Giving financially is comfortable often. I mean, not always. Obviously, there are ways to extend yourself doing that, um, which is a lot of fun too, but... but there are other ways to give that, that are just a little bit more foreign, a little more uncomfortable. Um, giving is a complicated subject. It really is, um, especially when, when you uh, bring in the factor that your gift actually has the potential to hurt somebody. That when you give, say like, like there, are, there are lots of examples, I'm sure you can think of somewhere, like a financial gift or a gift of time or like prayer, incredible prayer, is it just looks like it's wasted, right? It looks like it, it's, it's just, just set aside. Like you, you invest into a friend time and time again and they're going through hard stuff, but they relapse and they fall back into the life that they, that they once had. Um, and you're like, why don't they see? Why don't they understand? And you just feel, you just feel like a part of your heart has been torn out. You know what I mean? Um, and so, Austin, when you were given that word, it was right in line with, with what the Lord has to share, which is always really exciting. So giving is a big deal, and, and it's complicated. It really is. Um, we have something. We have something. And I'm not saying Wellspring. I'm not saying us as a group here, um, which we do. But we as a church, we as the body of Christ, we have something that is a whole lot bigger than finances. That's a whole lot more exciting than finances. That goes beyond um, just, just fiscal needs. We have hope, um, which is so much greater than, than finances can provide. Um, and, and like the body of Christ like they bring in different parts, just like uh, Paul talks about, like different body parts. We, as a tr- as a, as a as the body of Christ, bring in different parts of that, and so we get to get to get in on that and um and just bring new hope to to people. But yeah, there is there is like giving can hurt people, um and but at the same time, it is such a necessary and imperative part of our lives. Um, so how do we reconcile 
this potential to hurt people with God's commandment to love people and to give well. Um, revival is, is a big deal. I don't want revival to be a wave. I want it to be rain. So I don't, I don't want revival to, to just look like a wave of the sea and it just comes up on the sand and then recedes. And what's left is just some wet sand that, you know, will eventually dry out. And sometimes it brings up some, like, driftwood or um, maybe, like, a dead fish or something. And it's just, it, just, it brings up junk, and then it goes away. Um, instead, I want rain to, to refresh. I want revival rain to refresh and to, to, to soften our hearts to more. Of, of what the Lord has. Sometimes the heavy rain comes and there are parts of our heart that, that don't have structure, that don't have, um, that don't have uh, like, uh, like a root system in it and sometimes that gets eroded and it hurts and it, and it makes us vulnerable to the Lord. Um, but the glory of the Lord comes in consistent. And sure, there's ebb and flow sometimes. The, it rains and sometimes it doesn't. That's normal. But revival, I want revival to look like rain. And for us to give, it's, we, we, we need to give in order to find revival rain. Otherwise, it just looks like a wave. It comes and then it goes. And especially if we're not giving outside of our own circle. Like it's comfortable to give inside um, this, this circle of, of friends, you know, within our community. Giving to friends is easy. Um, Luke 6 says that. You can turn there. This is going to be my main scripture. Um, yeah, Luke's chapter 6, um, I, I'm just going to read verse 32 and then jump ahead a little bit too. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And then also in verse 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So yeah, these are well-known verses. But, but giving, to, giving to, to those, to our good friends and to our family members, often that's, that's pretty easy. That's comfortable. That's comfortable giving, right? It doesn't, it doesn't require a, a huge extension of vulnerability on our, on our part. But when we start giving to those who, um, to the extremely needy, and those who are... Um, who, whose eternity would look very different if we didn't give to them, that's when, that's when it becomes hard. That, that's when it becomes vulnerable, right? Um, and so, but we have to give. We have to give. If we don't give, um, and, and both of the, giving to our community and giving outside of our community are both extremely important things, but if we don't give, we don't get to keep what we've been given. Again, Luke 6.38 Give, and it will be given to you. So it's in the giving that the Lord is able to, to give us more. Giving prepares our heart to receive more. Giving prepares our heart to receive more. And, and I love how the Lord uses that in our lives, that in the giving, we receive. So the truth is that we have something, right? We have something to give away. And it's a whole lot better than finances. Um. But, but how we give it really does define what revival looks like in our lives, both personal and corporate. How we give defines 
um, what revival looks like. So Bill Johnson said this. Uh, he, um, Hillsong Creative Podcast was interviewing him, and he said this, you only get to keep what you give away. It's really simple, but it's so true. You only get to keep what you give away. And th- his, his context in this was um, he was talking about his, his leadership team has a philosophy that if, if someone that they're raising up, who they're raising up, uh, gets a word from the Lord or gets a, like, a, like the Lord gives them an awesome gifting that they're able to use, like gift of prophecy, healing, teaching, whatever that looks like, what they'll do is they'll have them travel with them so that they have opportunity to go out and share what the Lord has given them. And so again, you only get to keep what you give away. And so his heart with that is, is that in them giving, they're able to understand what the gift really is and use it better. Use it in a more effective way. Use it in a more powerful way that changes lives. And I love that. Given it will be given to you. It's the same concept. Um, giving is kind of like teaching. Again, if you look at it in this way, like when you teach something, you understand it to a much greater degree, right? It's the same thing in giving. When you give, and when you give well, when you give effectively with, with your heart, it's, it's the same thing where you understand what, what you have to a much greater degree. Um, and then you get more as a result. You're able to steward what you have and you get more. Um, so I want to I wanna look at the rich young ruler. You can flip ahead to Luke 18. I'm not going to read directly from it, but um, just kind of want to explain the story. It's so cool. Um, it, it's easy. Often when we, th- when we think of the rich young ruler, we think of the, the guy who missed it, the guy who missed the opportunity of his life, which is true. But um, Jesus' heart with it was really cool. So he comes up to Jesus and and he says, Jesus, I, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. There's something that, that I don't have yet. How do, I, how do I get this? It's eternal life. I don't, I don't have this. I don't, I'm not experiencing eternal life. And, and Jesus says, well, start with obedience. Start with obedience, right? Follow the commandments. Like, do not, adult, do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Don't, don't steal. Honor your father and mother. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've done this. Since I was a kid, I've, I've done this. I've followed this, but I'm still missing something. Still a part of my heart is missing. I don't have eternal life. And, and Jesus, out of the compassion of his heart, he sees potential within this guy for more. And he says, if you lay that stuff aside, lay those distractions aside, you can actually follow me. He was inviting him on a physical journey to like literally live with him. And, and he considered it too great of a sacrifice, right? To give up his earthly possessions, to, to become Jesus' personal friend, and, um, and to, to spend time with him, to travel with him. Um, yeah, and in verse two, 22, um, Jesus said, uh, if, you, if you give your stuff away, you will have treasure in heaven. That's eternal fruit, right? I love that, eternal fruit. Like some, stuff that we do now affects eternity. It really does. Um, and that's what we're going after. We're going after eternal fruit. But what, what the rich young ruler traded, he, he traded eternal fruit, the potential for eternal fruit for his earthly possessions. And I've done that. 
where I see my own situations um, or see opportunities to give. I, I see an opportunity to give financially or, or go out and pray for someone, see someone in need. And um, I, I, I end up at a spot where I'm like, ah, it's not really worth it. Someone else will help them, help them out. Someone else will, will take care of them. And, and so I, I, I come into this, this tension um, where, and really what I'm saying is, it's not worth the eternal fruit. My temporary stuff is more important than, than what's eternal. And I want to realign my heart with the Lord in that, where, where I'm, I'm thinking eternally. I want to think eternally, right? Think beyond my here and now so that I can... Um, I can just understand the Lord's heart um, in loving people. Yeah, it's super important. So what, the, what the, the rich young ruler had, he had a timid love. He wanted the Lord, and he was sincere about the Lord. He really was. But he, he, his, his, his earthly possessions just created a fear in him, his, his connection to that, his trust in them. Um, and, and he was timid. And so I've, I've experienced that too, and I'm sure you have, where, where it's just a timid love. Don't know how to, how to express the heart of the Father there. Um, our shot at eternity alone, like if we just give, our, give the stuff and, and go through the motions, it's nothing. If we, like our shot at, at getting, gaining eternal fruit on our own is, is really not even worth pursuing, not even worth going after. So like I said, giving is complicated but it's important, and, and I want to live a life of giving. Um, so yeah, really the big takeaway from, from the rich and rulers, don't place your trust in what you have to give away, but instead place your trust in who has given you that stuff to give away. Um, so <clears throat> what, about, what about Jesus? Um, going back to this concept of, of what we have to give can, it can be used poorly or can hurt people. Um, did so Jesus gave constantly. He gave all the time. Did did what he gave ever get misinterpreted or ever ever like was it ever misused? And the answer is yeah, it did. It did. Think about the disciples at times they would get cocky about power, right? They're like I'm going to I'm going to sit next to Jesus in heaven and and all this stuff and Jesus is like guys Become like a child, right? That was his heart, and and so and so, yeah. They 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 didn't they didn't realize what what their power really was. <clears throat> or also think of the 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 ten lepers who got healed, right? And only one came back to to glorify the Lord. Um, the other nine, they really didn't access the full potential of the Lord's gift in that. Um, and then there are also many who sought a sign from the Lord. You know. I, Jesus, just show us a sign, and we'll know that you will know that you're real. But really, that he was like, guys, come on, I'm the sign, I'm it. And so they were there in the midst of of Jesus giving. He was misinterpreted a lot, um, but that never kept him away from still giving abundantly and extremely. He gave in extreme measures, um, but he knew that even though this, even though some wasn't received properly, it was still worth it. It was still worth going after. Um, and so it hurts sometimes to see what we have, what we have given not being interpreted properly. Um, so I want to I share 
one of like my own experience of of this. And um, about a little over a year ago, I I took a trip to China with a missions organization and had a great time there. Um, but the Lord did some really cool stuff. I just got to experience a lot of crazy things in China, including this one. So I'm going to read a journal entry that I that I made <clears throat> just about an experience that really got my got my mind going on on this concept of giving. So um, here it is, September 10th, 2018. There is something that happened last Wednesday that I don't want to forget. It taught me a lot about how a certain type of person thinks. And even though this is by no means a testimony that I would share to everyone, it still has impacted me greatly. Here's the account. Like I said, last Wednesday, which was the first day of Mandarin classes, four of us hopped out of the taxi onto a rainy street. We were to meet up with the rest of the team to then get directed to the location of the school. With rain jacket on, I dodged puddles as we made our way over to the metro stop entrance, which was to be our rendezvous point. With hood up and head down, I flowed among the people and, and street vendors, selling 12 Kwai umbrellas and Chinese food. As I, as I made my way around a bend in the sidewalk, about 200 meters from the metro stop, I noticed a man sitting Indian style with a plastic cup containing a random mixture of small crumpled bills and a few silver coins. A clear trash bag flowed around him like a small tent, and a smaller bag protected his head from the light rain. The man's countenance was that of perpetual sadness. The wrinkles of his forehead seemed to be permanently creased across his dark brown and dirtied skin. But most unforgettable was his weak, moaning voice that made sure his condition never went unnoticed by the many passers-by. He would place his hands in a prayerful position and bend low to whoever would lend an eye or an ear to his condition or moaning speech. As I passed him by, like so many hundred others, my own face took on an expression similar to his own. He is the work of a master creator who never meant for such a quality of living to be experienced. As we approached the metro stop we were to meet, I glanced back through the rain at him. Knowing that money could not solve this man's problems and having only a quiet in my pocket, I made my way back to him. As I drew near to his street corner, sorrow, pity, and emotion became evident on my face. In the drizzle of the rain and thrum of the crowd around us, I knelt down in front of this poor soul next to his money bucket. With my tears flowing onto the wet sidewalk, I took his cupped hands into mine and looked into his sorrowful brown eyes. Obviously desires for money, he motioned toward his bucket. I motioned that I had nothing to give. His moaning voice became louder. Suddenly, his countenance changed to that of anger. And he motioned for me to move along. This old, wet, dirty, lonely man wanted nothing to do with my sympathy. Money alone was his objective. With nothing else to do, I stood up from the wet sidewalk and made my way back to the metro stop. Tears continued as I processed what had just taken place. Now I was that now I was crying not for his poor living conditions, but for his ignorance of the solution to his living conditions. What am I to do? It was, it was a bit of a jarring experience. And honestly, looking back, I would have approached it differently. I would, have, I would, I would do it differently again. Um, but it, it opened my eyes to, like, what we have to give is not always interpreted. Um, I wanted, I wanted to give him something, 
but what I had to give wasn't what really was the solution, honestly. Um, and so, but, but, but really what I, my big takeaway is that I was moved with compassion and that compassion is, is from the Lord. And I don't ever want to sit on that. I don't ever want to stifle that. I don't ever want to put that fire out. Jesus, that's how he did ministry. When he was moved with compassion, he acted. And me in that situation, I didn't have, um, I didn't have the authority, you know, to to step out and actually help this man in a real way. If I would have given him Hunter Kwai, that would not have been the right decision. I think, I think. So again, giving is complicated. Um, and what I what I always come back to in this in this struggle, this this tension of giving, because I don't want to hurt people with with what I give, but I want to ask the Lord, because he knows, he's sovereign. Come back to the Lord and be like, Lord, I want to love this person. How would you love this person? How do you want me to be you to them? That's really what it comes down to. So Jesus opened himself up all the time to, to criticism and um, because he gave so abundantly. Um, what did he give? What did he give? I just want to break it down really simply. Um, I came up with five areas that, that Jesus pinpointed that he gave at, like abundantly. So he gave, he gave food. He gave health. He gave care. He gave life advice. And most of all, he gave forgiveness. So he gave food. Um, when he fed the 5,000, when he fed the 4,000, he gave food because he was moved with compassion. Again, it came out of that compassion, but he miraculously provided food. He gave health, obviously, healing countless people. Again, birthed from compassion. He gave care. He was very, he was very affectionate, um, affectionate to children. He cared about his disciples immensely. Um, he was a great pastor. Um, he gave life advice in teaching. He would just share his heart, practical things, how to be righteous, how to know God, how to foster your relationship with him, how to pray, how to give, just normal things in life that, that are so important. And most of all, he gave forgiveness, which obviously is what affects us. But he never held back. He never held back. Did he choose and does he choose what he gives and to whom he gives? Yes, he does. But, um, but still he gives abundantly. So Isaiah 43, just gonna read this real quick. In reference to forgiveness, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. Let us contend together. I love that. State your case that you may be acquitted. This is the Lord's heart. The Lord's heart is for him, for us to receive what he has to give, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's healing, or um, whatever it may be. And the same goes for those who are unbelievers as well. The Lord wants to give. The Lord wants to, to pour out his heart. Um, but so often we're not in a place to, to receive. So no, Jesus, both then and now, does not give whatever to whomever. And he has his reasoning. Um, but, but it's complicated. <laughs> um, is, yeah, is every sin forgiven? I, my theology says no. Is every prayer answered? No. And salvation, it costs something for us, right? 
Um, so how do, we, how do we give in a way both to, uh, especially, how do we give in a way especially to those who are unbelievers, to those who, who we don't know very well, how do we give in a way that that is from the Lord's heart and that's real? Um, honestly, I, I say start with, start with prayer. That's kind of my default. Start with prayer. Lord, how do you want, how would you give to them? Um, and then go from there. Prayer is such a powerful tool, and, and I don't want to overstate it, but it's, it's hard to overstate it. It really is. Because like Austin was saying um, in, in his word this evening, uh, know the Father. When you know the Father, then you're able to love people. Then you, then you have something to give. Then you have something to distribute. Um, and even when it's vulnerable, even when you're opening yourself up in, the, in your giving, don't stop giving. Don't stop giving. That's really what it comes down to. Don't stop giving. Meet the, meet the Lord, ask him, and, and go. Go after it. And another thing, compassion. When you feel compassion, just talk to the Lord about it. Just be like, when you, when you, when you see someone in a, in a broken state and you just, you, you just don't have, you don't feel like you have the means to help them. When you feel that compassion, be like, Lord, what, what am I to do in this situation? How would you treat this? How do I, how do I react to this? Um, because compassion is, is such a, an amazing, amazing uh, tenderness of the spirit that the Lord has given us and that we're able to react to. Um, and, and it leads ministry. If you want to be motivated to give, just read Luke 6, really, the, where, I, where I drew a couple verses from earlier. Um, it's such, a, such an amazing demonstration of, of giving, and giving selflessly, giving to, to love, giving to love. Um, so yeah, Jesus was the giving master. Uh, even though he knew, he recognized the consequences and he knew that it hurt, but it was worthwhile for him. So let's give anyway. That's all that I have. Um, bit short for tonight, but that's all right. Um, so yeah, look for opportunities this week to give and be really sensitive to, to where your compassion is taking you. So let's pray. Father, Father, thank you. Thank you that we have more in you to give. God, all that we are is you. All that we are is birthed from you. It's straight from your heart. Thank you, Father, that we have something to give away. God, I pray that you would foster this within us, in this community right here, Father. Foster a heart of giving, not just to our own, not just to those who look like us and who talk like us, but to those who, who, who are on the fringes, who are on the outside of your heart, who don't know you, God. Lead us in giving. God, I pray that you would challenge us, challenge our, our theology of giving and, and how we approach people who, um, who don't know you. God, I ask that you would open up new things within our hearts. Just this week, I pray for the people in this room for opportunities to just understand more of your heart. Just ask those questions. Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Would you respond to us, Father? Lord, we bless you and we thank you for coming and being with us this evening. Um, and yeah, I pray for awesome weeks for everyone here. Lead us, Lord. Lead us into more. 
Thank you that we get to serve you, know you, and love you, God. We bless you, Lord. Amen.